Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, ooh, we got a good one. We have some good friends coming back for you. Welcome back, Yamanika Saunders. Yes, that's right. She's back. Yamanika has been a guest on shows including, but not limited to, HBO's Crashing, The Jim Gaffigan Show, Inside Amy Schumer, That Damn Michael Che, and she was a former panelist on The Meredith Vieira Show. Her stand-up has been featured on NBC's Last Comic Standing, Netflix, Comedy Central, Season 2 of Jeff Ross's Roast Battle, It's a long list, but check her out also as a series regular on Hulu's Life and Beth with Amy Schumer. And you may have caught her this past Monday in one of the Super Bowl commercials. That's right. Also, welcome back, Kyle Grooms. Hey, Kyle. He's our man for the month. Kyle has multiple appearances on VH1, NBC, BET, CBS, HBO, the famed Chappelle Show, the film I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer, and his own half-hour special on Comedy Central. In 2019, Kyle suffered a seizure, which led to an emergency brain surgery. However, he did not let that detour him. In 2020, he released a stand-up special that documented his ordeal. It's called Kyle Groom's Brain Humor. It's still receiving stellar reviews on Amazon Prime, so make sure you check him out. Catch me at one of my favorite places in the world. Yes, that's Vermont. At the Vermont Comedy Club, March 2nd through the 4th in Burlington, Vermont. Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. I want to thank all of our listeners and friends like us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for friends like us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast and Twitter is friendslikeustin. Become more than a friend and leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. And I do notice some of you have been changing your subscription. Some of you leave, some of you come back. I get it. It's a tough time, but I want to remind you it's because of you that we keep going because we have no ads. You are, you're it. (laughs) And now for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. TV and Stacey, you've been there. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, tank tops. They're all available. Go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave reviews and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast who stop by and sometimes we even offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out stay safe wash those dirty little hands wear a mask still if you want to because it's not really gone get vaccinated booster up and black lives matter two friends like us it's marina franklin with kyle groove yeah (laughs) friends like us yeah now do a house read now do a house remix Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to that friends like us. Mm, mm, mm. Marina got that big butt. <laughs> good, good to have you here, Kyle. Good to have you Thank here. You. Welcome it's back. Be it's been here, a long time. Thank you. You know, Thank we're you. doing this so far with just you and me. You know, who knows? We yeah. had some cancellations, but that's all good. We'll see what happens. I always just want to talk to you. You're you're one of my closest friends. You're like my best friend. Oh, thank you're you, my Marina. Best friend. For real. Yeah. I remember us from the Boston comedy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And working out. Yeah. I've yeah. been trying to lose weight, Kyle, because I put on... And Did I, you? I thought I you have... turned plant-based. I thought you were eating a plant-based diet. Oh, Kyle, the plant-based diet has been very eating. difficult in the way of losing weight. It has been very hard because I think, you know, I, I said it on the last podcast, but, you know, you can make some really bad decisions. Like you can eat like fries and, and what fried, you eating? Deep fried broccoli. 
No deep fried broccoli. Broccoli, I like <laughs> it raw, actually. I love, oh, like, yeah. I actually had some before we started. It's raw broccoli oh, yeah. with um, hummus. I just dip it in. It's oh, yeah, good. I love hummus, yeah. You know? I love hummus. But I've been trying, you know, everyone has ideas when you're trying to lose weight. And you, you find the friends who try to sabotage your diet. Hmm. Like, I have one friend who's very thin, and she's like, well, she tried to give me candy this weekend. I was like, I just said I'm on a diet. So why are you why are you trying to give me candy? Yeah, I don't see where you need to lose weight, you know. So TV is saying I've heard and welcome TV. Thank you for always being here in the chat. Our backstage, which you can do if you're a Patreon subscriber, if you're a golden friend. I've heard vegan can be hard for weight loss because of what you have to do to get enough protein. Yes. What do you think, Kyle? Because you're vegan, right? Yeah, but as soon as I turn uh, vegan, well, I'm not totally vegan. Out if if the ingredient has like milk or egg in a cake, I'll I'll eat the cake or the cookie. So I don't say I'm vegan, you know. But I do eat a plant based diet. I guess it's vegetarian would be the proper word, and I don't eat do meat you at eat all. Eggs in itself? No, I don't. No. You know, I have put eggs back into my diet because mm. it's the easiest and cheapest. Well, actually, eggs are. Well, like, eggs expensive as that. <laughs> I can't well, how much? It. I know. I put them back into my diet when they just became like super expensive, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I get them from this uh, farm delivery, and it's only the eggs are six dollars. How much are the eggs there? Uh, I don't buy eggs, but I did buy some last month. Uh, there was six bucks in Jersey. I bought some in Jersey and it was six dollars. And that was from a convenience store. That was like from Krausers, which is normally a little more expensive anyway. So are they usually like four ninety nine or something? Eggs? I have no idea because I've just started buying eggs again. Yeah. And I just um, it's just the easiest thing to cook in the morning mm. and like oatmeal. It's a pain in the ass. I hate cleaning oh, yeah. the pot. I hate cleaning oh, the oh, mess yeah. of oatmeal. And no matter yeah. how much I try to focus on not making the mess. I love oatmeal. You do? And uh, yeah, I love oatmeal. That's one of the things I eat. Actually, I don't eat that much breakfast now. But when I do, there's a, a product called, um, it's like no egg or something. Or yeah, and it comes in a yellow uh, container. Yeah, and, I've uh, seen that. Can, but the. The thing they have to do to make it no eggs. Oh, yeah, the processes. Yeah, the process part is. And that's yeah. the that's the part that no one talks about, really. It's like these these attempts to make things tastier for vegans are also very bad for you, too. So you have to be very careful and watchful. Um, it's like TB was saying. Her hens are very happy, very, very happy. And I get that because my eggs are cage-free. Mike Yard has this joke about what's the difference between cage-free. Well, the difference is, is you want to know where you get your food from. And I think primarily that's the most important thing when you think about your diet or any way you do a diet is you want to think about where you're getting your food from. To continue, like eggs, I put it back into my diet because... I just, yeah, I, I, I miss breakfast, Kyle. I love breakfast. <laughs> and oatmeal, do you make oatmeal? You said that oatmeal for you is. Yeah, I love, I love oatmeal. It's plus I have to make it for my kids, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll, I'll uh, make a, like a, a smoothie. I'm, I'm good at smoothies. Oh, look at Yamanika. I know she's hey, looking at Looking, Looking like a tree. Looking like a tasty <laughs> egg big muffin. No, my, <laughs> my, my side edges ain't what, you know, I just came from a flight, so they're a little rough right now. But You yeah. look cute. You look, you Thank look, you. you fit too. You know, I'm working out. Well, we're talking yeah. about it. We're talking about because you, you want it. Yamanika is planning on going plant based. Mm-hmm. Right. Whole food plant based. So I've got a couple of books that I'm reading. Do you want to know the name of the books? Yeah. Can sure. you guys keep talking while I go get the books? Okay, really quick? sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I think one of the things is like I tell everyone to just take it 
I think plant-based is the best way to call it instead of vegan. My, we strive to be vegans, you know, but, and it's funny because my one trainer, I have another trainer, Kyle. Now I have like, I have Sergio. Sergio. I just worked out with Irene Bremis. Do you know I work out with Irene? No. Is it, is it boxing training or is it something else? Cross with Irene, it. I just do lifting weights and stuff. Oh, wow. And then with Sergio. Look at my body. Boxing, I'm telling you, oh, you're looking sir. good. Let me turn you're around, looking... turn around. Let me see. Turn... Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you look good. <laughs> That you, you got a natural good, BBL. <laughs> you got a natural <laughs> BBL. <laughs> Here are the, I have um, this uh, 21 keto, but inside, I'm not doing keto, but it has some, um, like, if you are plant-based in here in this one, and, oh, shit. Keep going. I'm sorry. I brought the wrong other one. By sorry. the way, TV Ooh. says you're looking good, Yum. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. TB is backstage watching my trainer, my other trainer, my new trainer, who is from, I thought he was from the Ukraine, but he's not. The Ukrainian dude referred, I was like so scared to train with someone from the Ukraine because I figured like, <laughs> that person's going to like really, you know, be tough. Be rough. It just, yes, uh, yeah. But that's Modi. Modi referred me to this other trainer who does weight and he's very specific. He's like concierge. Like he pinched mm. my fat and stuff. He was like, can I just get you to eat fish? And I was like, no. I was like, you don't understand oh, wow. the water supply. It's the, it's the, yeah. water man you don't understand yeah. why people go people really don't understand why you do plant-based i i think they just think is i don't know but it, there's so much wrong with our our food supply right now yeah what made you yamanika decide to go plant-based you look so adorable yeah, oh look at him, i'm like look at yamanika looking cute as i <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not in my normal speed. I wanted to, um, and I'll show you the books after I say this. I, um, I've also been training, uh, and boxing and stuff like that. And I wanted to get my stamina back. I wanted to like, you know, I just want to be healthy and fit. You know, I'm going, I'm in my forties and I'm, you know, getting older. And I had saw, um, this uh, woman named Batty Winkle. She's an older woman. Um, and her, I think she's in her eighties, but she's just having so much fun, um, dressing how she wants to dress fun, young and hip. And then I started seeing like, you know, you have Viola Davis, you have Angela Bassett. Um, you have Cheryl Lee Ralph. You just have so many women, uh, Taraji P. Henson, who are like, you know, as you get older as a woman, they start to tell you that you're not valuable, right? And um, I also was in a relationship with somebody who was hearkening those words to me. And there was a time in which I started to feel, um, I never felt that way ever in my life. I always felt special. I always felt like, everything was possible. And then as you get older, you start to hear that as a woman, like, you know, your time is up and this and that. And I just started seeing so many women who weren't um, a, a subscribing to that. And it made me feel good. And um, uh, then I started seeing that a lot of them, especially like Cicely Tyson, um, this other lady, oh, yeah. Babette, who's in her seventies, oh, they talk that. about a v vegan program, you know, whole food, plant-based, and it just feels healthier. And then Marina and I had the opportunity because um, we did Rachel Feinstein's baby shower during the pandemic and put it together. And she gifted us with um, uh, Farm to People, which is like organic and stuff. So I've really been, I really love the people over there. I was spotlighted as a customer because I've used them so much. I've gone to their Brooklyn um, location and this, and I love when Marina calls me. Marina used to call me and tell me she went to the, um, the farmers market, and she goes super early, so I can never go with her because Marina loves going like four or five o'clock in the morning. She likes to be the first one there, so she get her complaint letters in. But um, uh. it, I just love hearing Marina talk about like the little stuff that she got. I never told her this, but it would just always make me feel good. She's like, I got that, and I found this, and 
Then she would show me certain things. She showed me that she was juicing. And I just really liked it. And 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 I and I want to see what it can do for me, you know? It's already doing it. I see it. I see the change. Your skin yeah. looks amazing. Thank I you. See it. It makes me so proud of you. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I want to cry. I'm so happy and proud. Because you really I see the whole ch- it's it does take just that initial step. You know, it's hard to just that first step. But once you get going, I'm telling you, it's the best feeling in the world. And it it helps your mental, too. Yeah. Um, TV is saying it gives me encouragement when, when I watch Yamanika's videos of her workouts. Mm-hmm. I said, don't you think, too, for this industry, to, it's important to just be in shape also? Like, you have longevity and you fit well in the clothes and you look good on camera and just just to uh, keep up stamina, I think, you know? At least yeah, for me, that's um, what I do. We're taping uh, the second season of Life and Beth. And one of the things that I noticed is, and I think this is important, you can have wins and you can have fails in the process of trying to win. And I've redirected um, my idea of what a win is and what a fail is. So there were some scenes where, and shout out to the stylist over there, Yafi, who dresses me and just, you know, they know how to hit my curves and this and that. But there were some outfits that I had to wear where if I'm standing in the outfit, because it's not, a, it doesn't hit my body and I have curves, it, it looks nice. But when I sit, there's like a billow to it. And then I'm busty also. So there were times when I was like, oh my God, like, I look so fat or I'm, you know, just tearing myself down instead of going, you know what? Listen, we know what's going on with the clothes. We know how you sit in a certain position. You got to be proud. Look how beautiful, you know, it's about me reassuring myself also that I am beautiful through my own lens and not somebody else's lens. Because oftentimes I look at myself because I'm somebody that gets trolled a lot, especially, you know, I do a lot of commentary work on comedy hype. And there's times when I have to talk uh, politics, you know, how politics can be. And then we talk a lot of race stuff over there. So I get attacked a lot from men who want to undervalue me and say that I'm not valuable because I'm fat. I'm unattractive. I'm old. I'm these things. So when I look a lot of times, I'll look at camera through their lens instead of looking at it through my own. And when I started looking through my own, it's like, oh, I like where I look. You know, like, I like who I am. I like my smile. I like, you know, my cheeks. I like, you know, my fluffiness. I like all of that stuff. So, like, it's it, you have to refocus um, how you see yourself. It's It's hard. Trust me, it's hard. I have a lot of insecurities that I never wanted to address because I have such a outgoing personality I always wanted to seem like there was nothing wrong with me and the way I thought about myself but there were um a lot of insecurities there that I've had to address and just you know deal with so that's what I'm doing it's all a process that's really that's great and when you come to the um the farmer's market right with me which we're going to do we're, we're, gonna <laughs> yes, get we're going to early um they all know me there you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's also like Marina can you tell the story about when you got into it with the women that made me laugh so much Remember oh black Karen those older <laughs> black women yeah 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 yeah. oh my god so yeah so the this was during the beginning of the pandemic actually and the these was these older elders of Harlem older <laughs> black women like they look like they've been whipping ass for years like they had shoulder pads and they didn't have shoulder pads. You know what I mean? Like they had that look. And so they were, you know, when I go to the farmer's market, I do sort of take on a personality of this is my farmer's market. And so I was doing what I normally do. I was looking at the vegetables and stuff and I was sort of out of line. And I was looking at the Brussels sprouts or whatever. And a woman was in line and she looked at me as if I was cutting the line and she kept talking to her girlfriend going what she thinks she doing so i mm-hmm. i looked at her back and i said my you know be nice just be nice mm-hmm. be come on what so that i get in line and she's still talking and looking back at me 
And I forget, she was buying Brussels sprouts. That's what happened. She she said it was too expensive. Oh, these are expensive. And I can't, you know, I can't help myself. I said something. I go figures. (laughs) (laughs) And she turned around and she said, say another word. (laughs) She said, say another word and it's a beating. And there was this nervous white girl. I'm never forget this nervous white girl was like trying to act like she was just looking at the vegetables and not looking up. I was like, I was like, you see what's going on here. Don't don't act. You up in Harlem. This is what you got to deal with. So I looked at the older woman. I said, I well, I didn't say anything because I was scared. Actually, I mean, that woman looked like she was ready to drag me. Like she was ready to drag my ass. Then they they left. They went away. They were walking away. They kept looking back a little bit. But the guy said to me, I go, can you believe that? And he goes, I wouldn't have let her. I would have helped you. Mm. So I was like, so you actually thought <laughs> that she would have woke my... He goes, well, mm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was like uh, 70 uh, years old. <laughs> but yeah, That Martin Luther like, King ass whipping is rough. Oh my and God! Old women—they got them hard <laughs> bones too from that yeah. osteoporosis kicking in. But you could tell they were just like, well, you know, they—they've lived in Harlem their whole lives, and they were looking at me like, "Bitch, you ain't from here. We know you ain't." Yeah, you, you <laughs> wanted a gentrifiers. <laughs> and I put on my extra, like, just be nice, Midwestern white girl mm-hmm. voice, and it annoyed them even mm-hmm. more. So, you know, but here's the thing. I was actually kind of cutting the line. That's the best the part of the story. That's, <laughs> oh, hilarious. I was actually, that, that's the that's the hardest part of that story that I admit that I'm, I realize I do that quite often. I'll get into fights and then I'll realize I was in the wrong mm. level. So she saw me. She saw exactly what I was up to. So, I get, yeah, I get into it at the farmer's market every now and then. I have moments with people. Uh, but but for the most part, <laughs> it's it's wonderful. You'll experience. There's a woman there that we've actually had on the podcast, Lily May Aromas. She has. Oh. I hope she's there when you come. She has these soaps that are made with essential oils. So, I love those soaps. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! I sent one to Zainab. Is peppermint, but along with like. You know, your inner body, everything you're putting on your skin, you also have to, I've started to focus on too, because a lot of soaps that we use in the market has dyes and chemicals Mm -hmm. and eczema. If you have eczema, it's, it's agitated by that, especially in the winter. So she has amazing soaps. It's so popular. Her, her website is actually, she can't even take any orders right now because she gets so many orders. I mean, her stuff Mm. is, uh, I haven't had any problems since I've started using her soaps, but that's the best part of a farmer's market that I never knew. I used to walk by a farmer's market and think, how corny. But mm. the reality is you want to know where your food is coming from. You want to know where your products mm-hmm. that you're putting on your skin is coming from. Why not? Because China, not only do they have a balloon in the sky, they got a balloon at, at, on the pharmacy shit too. Or I mean, like the pharma stuff because they are manufacturing lettuce this rice now they said is going to be plastic. Now, part of it, some of this might be a conspiracy theory. I mean, don't listen. I typed the N word in the YouTube and went down a, a crazy ass rabbit hole. But they said the rice now they're make, making the rice. I watched this man make a head of lettuce in a laboratory with one drop of something. And he was just kind of spreading it and divide, and putting it together. Um, there's a thing running around now about the eggs. I don't know how true that is because, you know, some of it is conspiracy, but they're saying that the eggs that you can get from, I think, uh, Eggland or something like that, either Target or Walmart, one of these eggs, that like they're rubbery, they're made out of plastic. So, yeah, you want to um, know where your fruits and vegetables are coming from. And you also want to help um, the farming industry, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, Kyle, what do you do to maintain a successful vegan life? Because you're pretty good at it. Or at yeah, you look good, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, I, once I gave up meat, it was it. I, like, you know, I, 
the way I, I turned plant-based, I was in Cincinnati working, craving barbecue, like craving it. And I went to this barbecue spot that I eat every time I go to Cincinnati and I ordered chicken and hush puppies and all the sides. But when I'm eating the chicken, I could see the tendons and the muscles and like, I'm like, I'm eating a dead animal carcass. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how long it's been here. I don't know, you know, and I just said, Bleh, you know, and then speaking of China, I went to China and I, I, I saw like chicken and I'm like, you don't know if it's chicken. You know what I mean? When you get that stuff, you don't know if it's chicken. You can make anything taste like chicken. So you don't know where your food is coming from or anything. And I just gave it up. And then I learned to cook plant-based because my brother-in-law, he trained with uh, Matthew Kenny, who's one of the top vegan chefs in the world. He had a, he worked at a vegan restaurant here in Miami called Planta. And he took me to brunch. It was the best brunch I ever had. Like they had, you know, cauliflower steaks and instead of eggs, they had cream corn, which I never thought would be delicious. You know, they had nut cheeses, cheese made out of, you know, different cashew nuts and everything. And, and I started to learn to cook the stuff myself. You know, you just replace the texture with the taste, the taste and texture and the seasoning. And, you know, I learned to cook all that stuff, you know? I well, I'm going to reach out, out to you, Kyle, for that stuff. You got recipes that you can share with me? Uh, There's recipes. I guess I, I could. It's not written out, but I mostly, like, I'll just season stuff the way I, like, I know seasoning should be, you know? Like, it, I used to make pollo guisado, which is like a, a, a like a Dominican chicken dish. It's like chicken and sauce, but instead of I would do uh, like jackfruit and season it the same exact way, you know, and then I got the texture of the chicken and then I got the seasoning and the sauce and that's all really you have to do, you know, and then that and then I eat good. Thai food and I eat uh, a lot of uh, like falafels and other stuff to to hold me down when I'm out and about, you know. So, yeah, yeah I, I think people have to remember too. like one of the things I reached out to Marina um, I uh, also talked to Zainab is when you want to do a transition into anything, I think in life, it is best to get as much information as you can on it. Yeah. So while I got a bunch of books, I also asked my friends if they had any tips um, <clears throat> just to make sure that I'm doing it right. One of my friends, Paula is a, she's a vegan and she was a part of a, um, she did uh, weight, you know, the modeling, um, bodybuilding modeling, and mm -hmm. she was in one of the groups where they were all vegan. So there was a certain way they had to train. There were certain things that they had to do. Um, and she had given me a list of things that they had in that. So um, I, I think this is awesome. I mean, I did have meat. I'm, I'm transitioning. I'm not completely mm -hmm. out of it, but I totally get that. I remember my grandmother, my grandmother, and I'm sure all our grandmothers did it, great grandmothers. My grandmother, would, she would suck on a chicken bone and, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be none of the chicken left. Suck the marrow out the bone. bone. Yeah. Yeah. They'd make fun of me if I did. Oh, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah. They said they and remembered I me as a kid cleaning off a drumstick. They always talked about <laughs> it. They're like, do you remember that time you cleaned off that, ch that drumstick, mm. girl? Wow. I've eaten every kind of meat you could imagine. Like, I used to eat pig feet as a kid. I've eaten oh possum, squirrel, you love hog head, cheese. hog head cheese. Oh, my Pork. God. I was about that hog head cheese. I used to eat that as a Pork kid. Pork crackling. Yeah. That yeah. Used to hog head. But once you find out, my grandmother said they used to fight over the eyeball. When you find out where <laughs> hog head cheese is, about, I used to eat it all the time. My grandmother with Ritz crackers. I had no idea. Yeah, Ritz crackers and hog head cheese. Ooh, child, I threw up for years. All <laughs> chicken liver and gizzard. It'd be the part of the animal that you would eat that you wouldn't even want to look at it, let alone mm -hmm. now you gonna put this in your mouth. Yeah, it's crazy. Pork crackling, like. Pig skin, no, like pork cracklers. Yeah, with That's hot sauce, you, I used to eat them. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They tell you that in um, when you go keto, you can have uh, crackling. I, I tore up a bag of um, 
I don't even like jalapeno. I asked him jalapeno pork skins. And um, I don't know why pork, why they skin got to be so good. But it says in the Bible, we're not supposed to eat, um, you know, pork and all of that. Because the pork, uh, the pigs swallow in their own feces and things like that. And I, you know, so it's like, when we really think about it, um, it's, I don't know, it's hard because, you know, so many people are like, God put these animals here for us to eat them. We do believe in this sort of chain of life and circle of life and, and animals eat other animals at times and things like that. But I, like you said, when you see these tendons and you see the veins or you see like, um, my dietitian was like, I should go to lamb because it's better for my system for me to have lamb. And then when I, you know, think of all the baby lambs and I just don't want to do it no more. I don't, I, I want these animals to live their life, I, you know, and I, and I don't need to have my life sustained by taking theirs. You ever see feathers yeah, on I've your chicken that. wings? That's, that's gross. <laughs> that's, that's when, you know, they really just in a rush. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, zoo. She's one of the few national geographic. She does like, she studies bears she studies big cat. Oh, is she a zoologist, or is, no? It's something else because it's not. It's well, a she zoologist. Is a, you're in the zoo only. Well, she does. I, f- I forget her actual name. She has her show on National Geographic. She's one of the few. She had, even has. A, you have to go back further in our episodes, mm-hmm. but I loved what she said that she she doesn't really judge people who hunt for food because if if it's necessary for them or to eat, but to abuse animals just for the sake of like putting it on the wall or, mm-hmm. or, or doing whatever that she really, she can't like get into or people who just go hunting just for the sake of hunting, you know, but if it is actually, like you said, if it's about the ecosystem and it's about that, then, you know, yeah, that's kind of the way it's intended. Me personally, I just, I can't get past, like you were saying, like animals suffering. And pigs are extremely smart. I always think of pigs as being as, they are as smart as a five-year-old child. They know what is happening to them. So the part of me goes, like, it's just painful to think that we don't respect, like, what God has put on this planet in that way. Mm-hmm. That is, so, so that is part of my attempt at veganism and then sometimes yeah my cousin is really good at at barbecue so (laughs) you know it's tempting when i go to ventura and he and he's making barbecue and i go this is tough yeah but But i never feel good i never feel good but the thing is barbecue is the barbecue sauce that tastes good it's not the meat you get what i mean the way he does it it's good oh but (laughs) oh tb said how about seafood do you eat seafood still no because of the the water supply because i think of some of the salmon what is the salmon eating you know i know that's why I gotta I gotta stop because you know I'm gonna take one step of trying to be a mom. So, you know, I said right before I eat up out of here, uh, out of the forties, I'm gonna take a stab at it. And I eat a lot of salmon. I love salmon. I'm from Maryland, so I love crabs. I just was in New Orleans mm-hmm. two weeks. I mean, I had boils out there. These these. I mean, you cannot not eat seafood in New Orleans. They had yeah, some incredible yeah. oysters. I mean, all of their meat is just, um, I had jambalaya out there, red beans and rice with the andouille sausage. I mean, the barbecue out there is incredible. We had flounder. We had um, uh, white tail. I mean, it was just so much stuff out there. But, you know, if you're trying to have a child, women have to be very careful about the mercury level. Um, and I'm already going to be, uh, is you know, almost like Methuselah wife age by the time I try um, to have a child and Marina's going to take care of it most of the time. We just, you know, we're going to share the baby. I wanted to say this also. I just got this, the complete uh, plant-based cookbook. 
I think my wife so, has that book. Yeah. This is an amazing book. And um, if she has it, listen, tell her if she ever want to get on a Zoom and we can talk and laugh and mm. cook together. <laughs> um, I got the vegan cookbook for beginners. Mm-hmm. There's also, I got these pants from this place called Our Place. And I just said, I want to start making all my food, doing my preps. So that is really re- the reason why I got so many different cookbooks I've just been trying out. I also have this vegan oh. uh, soul kitchen. And this guy, I think, used to be up in Harlem or somewhere. Uh, a friend of mine told me to get this. So, um, and then one of the things, um, for also lemonade. Oh, my God. I love lemonade. It's a restaurant in Los Angeles. I just love it so much. Oh. I'm not here to do a promotion for everything, but I'm just telling you what I love. No, it's good. But because oh. I'm not, just in case I have a day where I can't do all of that, I got this book on salad so that I could always just turn quick. What what can I get real quick to throw a salad together? Because salads are um, easy. I got my um, grill, so I grill everything. Um, I have, it's so funny, I broke my um, handle on my microwave when it came to replace my microwave. And since I've started eating like this, I do not open up my mm. microwave. I haven't opened up my microwave in uh, at least a month and a half. I mean, I don't, mm. I don't want, even if it's something that like um, <clears throat> my therapist was over here and me and my friend and my therapist, we had um, a bowl of, she likes these bone broth ramen. So she brought them for us to try and we didn't pop them in. We used the hot water for it to steep. So it's something about living through the earth. You know, without all these processes, that it is is the way to go if you want longevity. I mean, then you also have to make sure that other things in life that I mean, you know what I'm saying? We got enough stuff in life that could kill us. Why would we let that be our diet also being a part of the thing that we could possibly yeah. die from? And I have to be right. careful because I'm pre-diabetic. I also have high cholesterol. I had no idea how I had high cholesterol. I thought that was an old person thing. Um, so I have to be careful. I am yeah, so I've, proud. Had, I've lost so many cousins in the last few years, mostly female cousins who've gone from cancer or diabetes or something who used to be so athletic in high school. But it's just our diets, I believe, is really, really killing us, you know. And uh, for me, like my digestion, is, if, it's hard for me to digest things sometimes just because, you know, I won't get personal, but I got hemorrhoids. But, uh, <laughs> but, you oh, know, my plant yeah, some hemorrhoids. So, you know, it, 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 it helps me to, you know, just helps my intestines a little more. And I, I think you guys your are lucky. Skin. Your skin oh, yeah. looks amazing, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, I, I used to be fat. I used to be like this, but yeah. And, and I look at old videos of me and I was fat. I didn't think I was fat, but I did have like a well, you when look like I was a schoolboy now. You look like a mama boy. every weekend. Oh, not empanada <laughs> mama. You now you don't. Yeah, know. I was eating empanada <laughs> mama every after every set. You know. Yeah, man. But I think you so. said something important, Yamanika. Like it's you know you have wins, you have fails. It's it's not easy, you know. So just be gentle with yourself. Like when I worked out with Irene this morning, you know. That like one trainer was telling me, oh, it's going to take six months to get rid of that. Irene's a little bit more encouraging. She goes, no, I think like once you take off a certain amount, it's it gets easier, you know, and that's a different way of looking at it than it's going to take six months to get there. I I even noticed in the uh, after two weeks of just working out with this new trainer and I work out with Sergio and Irene. I have noticed a change in my clothes. I mean, me personally, I just don't feel like going shopping again and getting a whole new wardrobe for this mm. bigger size that I'm at. I just want to I want to be able to fit the shirts that I love again. Uh, I remember talking about this on the podcast last year, and I had some young interns that were like, you need to slap a warning label on that episode because that's Jaya culture. And... <laughs> And they were white. And I had to explain to them, while you're nervous about this and you think this is diet culture for you, right? For us, this is life-saving for the Black community. This is a, you know, a women of color podcast. Once a month, we have a guy, like a period. 
And mm-hmm. it is important that I get out information. Kyle is a period and a hemorrhoid. <laughs> I'm a period and a hemorrhoid. Right? And a hemorrhoid, yeah. But it is, it is, it was very mm-hmm. like um, as uh, aware as she thought she was. She wasn't aware enough to understand who she was talking to about mm-hmm. dieting. Like, you know, we can celebrate our bodies, of course, in all shapes and sizes, but we also have to be very aware of what we're eating. That's it. That it's very important in this, you know, as a breast cancer survivor, one who knew that it wasn't necessarily genetic. It was something that I was doing in the environment. So you were saying like things outside of what we're doing can affect us. Well, guess what? You have to set your, your body on the right path. So it can fight these cancerous things that are in the environment that you can't control. You can't control the air. You can't control the toxins. You can't control everything, but you can start living in a certain way and start putting things into your diet in a certain way. I I have heard so many stories. I I think I text you, Kyle. There's so many people just dropping dead in the past year from, we have a health issue in America. Young, young, 40s, 47, 40 this. Um, I, I follow, um, this is for another uh, time, but I um, follow a woman uh, from a narcissistic, uh, I'm a survivor of narcissistic uh, abuse. And I followed this woman. She was amazing. And she dropped dead at 48. And it's just like, um, you, every time you turn around, it's somebody, you're like, why are these people in their 40s um, dying? And it's, it's uh, we got to slow down. I think people also have to understand, like, um, you know, I got this hairpiece on, but I have a bald spot from stress. I went and started seeing my um, psychiatrist. I found I had ADHD. You know, like it's a lot of things that I've, you know, anxiety. So, you know, all these things, we live in a world that's constantly going. We've been through a pandemic. People, I don't think people checked in with the, even their mental health. Just collectively, I think because we all went through the pandemic, we just all feel like we're fine. But we all went through trauma together that needs to be expressed. Uh, and so it's not just, you know, you can go around and be a vegan and all this other stuff. But if you don't get your mental health together, along with your diet, your spiritual health, whatever it is you believe in, you're looking at uh, going to an early grave. And I think in the black community, we just are OK with going, well, you know, Uncle Ronnie died at 65 instead of somebody going, well, 65 is not. Uh, age somebody should be dying that's still young it's like all my great uncles and one of my great uncles he had a heart attack didn't even know what he kept saying his heart was itching so he went to the emergency room to see if they could scratch it this but this is the old old nigga shit you know what i mean like but it was normal it's like yeah well he just got an itchy heart and 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 it's like no he has a something going on with him and i think this is the first generation where we're not outliving our parents' generation, mm-hmm. by the way, because of the food. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my grandfather had his teeth until like 80. I watched them at a strict diet, but they also had better food. Yeah. And so yeah, I think they had real food. Like, I think mm-hmm. our stuff is so much like it's fake to me. Like some of the food you go in a grocery store. It, yeah, it, they, you know, well, everybody knows they, they don't allow certain things in other countries that they allow in America. Oh, yeah. Food, so, MSG you know. and all kinds. I had a chicken <clears throat> sandwich last year when everybody was killing each other over these Popeye chicken sandwiches. And when you know, when you get to the point where you're ready to kill somebody over a chicken sandwich, it's no longer about the taste. It's something inside <laughs> that food that is addictive. <laughs> It makes you that it because you know what I had um uh where when I was in San Francisco we were doing we did some Korean um uh barbecue and so I had some shrimp and stuff like that and um after the fact I said let me get some Cheetos because I knew the hotel wasn't going to have anything and I knew everything was going to kind of shut down so I went and got a bag of Cheetos because it was a corner store right there he had Cheetos so I just give me a bag of Cheetos I've been doing good that night went to have the Cheetos. I couldn't even finish the bag. I had three. Uh, I said, oh, my God. 
I had not had Cheetos in so long. It was so salty. It was driving me insane. And I'm oh, a wow. Cheetos girl. Like, I love Cheetos. I could tear down a big bag of Cheetos by myself. I haven't had that kind of eating. And it, that's not like I've been doing it for years. We're talking about, it hasn't even been six months. That my system, it, I started feeling the pulse in my veins just moving wow. from those Cheetos. And I had to put the Cheetos up. And, and but that thing that addicted me to Cheetos, I had recovered from. You understand? Like I had recovered from the thing that addicted me. So now that I didn't have that addiction and I was tasting those Cheetos, I was tasting all of the shit that they put in the Cheetos. When they do a commercial, when they show you on these videos a Dorito and they light the Dorito on fire and the Dorito is able to sustain itself. If yeah. you look at a can it of don't food, burn. it tell you it, when when the, uh, it's not going to expire until the Jetsons come back for a reunion in mm. 3035. <laughs> this is the type of stuff mm. that we are putting in our bodies. Yeah. And this is why we are having high cholesterol, high blood pressure, all the things that I have to take pills. I'm taking about 65,000 pills, but I'm going to get myself off those, God willing. Mm. You know, but you have to hit a rock bottom, I also believe. Mm. Some people are born into a culture of veganism or vegetarianism because that's where they come from, pescatarian or whatever. But people like me, you're going to have to hit a rock bottom and then you're going to have to rebuild. And it's going to be hard. In the beginning, it's going to be very, very hard. But the results on the other side, I'm not even on the other side yet. I'm just, I think at a midway point, I just feel so much better. Well, I'm seeing it. All right. So now we're going to go into some of these hot topics. But I think we are all aware of what's happening in the place that you live, Kyle, Miami, Florida. Florida, Florida. You have talked about Ron DeSantis. Now, last fall, this this guy. So Miami AP African-American studies students say Florida's rejection of class is shocking. Last fall, high school senior Jaden Walter opted to take AP African-American studies because he wanted to learn more about African-American history and where he came from during five months of the pilot course. He said he had learned more about slavery and African-American culture than any other history class. As a 17-year-old African-American student in Miami, dad, he felt more involved in his own history and more aware of contributions made by African-Americans. And when he was informed halfway through the year, that the class would be canceled. He and many others were upset, not because of the disruption of their education, but because of the loss of access to information they want to have. Earlier this month, Governor Ron DeSantis douchebag and the Florida Department of Education rejected the course with the department citing concerns over topics like Black Lives Matter, Black Queer Studies, Black Feminist Literary Thought, and many others. According to a spokesperson, The course materials were discontinued after the department said they were contrary to Florida law. Now, Kyle, explain Florida for us. Explain. (laughs) I can't explain that shit. Um, You know, I just think Ron DeSantis is finding a hot button topic that he thinks his followers or people, you know, will vote for him just based on. Just that fear, you know, critical race theory. It just sounds bad. All of it, you know, critical race and then theory on top of it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They all, they all like nobody wants to be critical. Race is a hot thing. And then you put theory and they just, I don't like it. And 99.9% of the people don't even know what critical race theory is. They just think, you know, black, you know, they, they, they woke like, DeSantis said Florida's where woke comes to die, you know, so he wants his people sleepwalking, really, you know, and they love him. They support him. I mention his name on stage sometimes and I get applause. I'm like, hey, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about, you know, but people like him. People Are love they him. black and applauding? No, no, no. There's a white, mostly white. White audience mostly? Yeah, Are they white, white or audience, Cuban? Yeah. Uh, these people were white because I performed in Naples and I performed in New Smyrna and in St. Pete. They, the, so there have been white audiences. I think DeSantis is a proud boy. 
I think <laughs> I think if he gets elected, he gonna do one of these. You know, he gonna throw up the symbol. <laughs> you know. Well, we but, have a um, problem with the Santoses and Santoses because we got a George Santos. You know, yeah. I, I avoid Florida like the plague. I really do not like to go there. I mm. um, the the way in which uh, racism presents itself there. I mean, it's all over the world, but there's just in a way that just I can't be bothered with it when I bring my comedy and content out there. Um, I think. The issue is, um, number one, black people need to be teaching our children black history. And in order for us to do that, we have to be versed in black history as well. So it, it and I'm not saying that as a, a cop out because I, this does not uh, speak against the fact that obviously black history should be, um, taught in the schools, but they're, they're not going to teach in the schools. So you have to teach your children about black history and give them a sense of pride in who they are. The reason why they're not going to, uh, the reason why they want to get rid of black history is because for you to tell the story of black history, you have to also tell the story of white narcissism, white insanity, white, uh, degradation, uh, white brutality, they are not, uh, they don't look good in the real story that they tell about us. If you really tell the story about black people, you have to then talk about how savage white people have been to black people. And the, the commentary on us is that we are the ones who are deranged and savage we are the ones who are uncouth and have no sense of uh, humanity. And then to tell the story of how they brought us here and the ways in which they brought us here, how many lives were disrupted, how they took families, something that they think is very important, right? White people think family is very important, but they did not think it was important for us to maintain families. They uh, caused us to hate ourselves, um, have separated us, man from woman, young from old. So, yeah, they're not going to tell the history of it. The importance of telling the history of Black history is not only important to Black children, but it is important to white children who continue to keep the legacy of this sort of white pride. This is why they are so confused about white pride and, and what it means to be white. When these good old boys, right, or these, I'm a proud to be an American and these people are coming, taking my jobs and doing all this, those are a lot of uneducated, poor, low-level white people that don't have shit, right? There's this trailer park, uh, 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 spam-eating white niggas running around here talking about my country, my country not understanding that they're also being used as a pawn and they're mm. used really as a sort of liaison to racism, right? Because they think as long as they're better than us, whether we have more money than them, they still think they're better than us because of whiteness. As long as whiteness is considered to mm. be currency here, they're never going to look up at the power structure and ask why they can't get out of their own situation. The reason why they're failing is not because of an influx of Mexicans or Blacks being here. The reason why they're failing is because the white people that look like them and have the same skin as them but have more money and their power elite are not giving them access to anything. So that's also why they don't want it. So that's, that's you know, don't expect it to happen. It's not going to happen. And they're going to get it out of the school system because they co-opt things in a way and we don't do any pushback and we don't fight back. It's hard for us to fight back and give a pushback when we're not cohesive ourselves. So they will dismantle black history in Florida and any of these other red states where they can go ahead and get it done. The, co the community will continue to be ignorant and um, we'll just continue this fight until the end of time. I think they need to do the same thing they do with uh, abortion when they um, take things away from a state because they took abortion and they take certain funding, certain te sports teams, right? People won't go there and do sports in Florida. I think they need to start. What do, what do you call that? Like a boycott? 
Is it yeah, a it's like a, it's like a. It's well, like they a, did that in Florida with what's her name, Marina. Um, I'm blanking on her name right now. She ran for governor in uh, in Georgia. You know what I'm talking about. I'm, I don't know why. I'm forgive me. I'm oh, sorry, like I'm blanking on her name. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, she did exactly. <clears throat> they did exactly that, and then she had to turn around because that kind of stuff hurts. It don't hurt them. It hurts the economy, uh, and which uh, trickles down and affects the poor people, right? So then she, after they were boycotting Georgia for um, the, the voter uh, laws that they had passed there, people stopped giving them funding. Then right. she had to turn around and say, hey, we need you guys to come back because this is really help hurting us financially and this and that. I mean, I feel like they have us at every every turn because we don't have a power structure we have to build a power structure of our own first so that we can present ourselves as other um cultures right when we talk about there was a the the bill that no asian hate stop asian hate bill and then we go well how come there wasn't one for black people stop asian hate it's easy to enforce that because white people are not at the really the core of that. They keep acting like black people are the ones that disproportionately hate Asians, right? Yeah. If you do a stop black hate bill, right, and you start rounding up people who are vilifying black people, demonizing us and murdering us, more white people are going to be in jail than anybody else. So they're never going to instill a law that is going to cause them to have repercussions on themselves. It's a catch-22. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah. well, the NAACP, I believe it, they're they're talking about filing suits. And I love what TB is saying here. I think at some point, the month of February, February will be banned in Texas and in mm. Florida now. And Florida says they are going to track girls menstrual, cy- menstrual cycles. I wouldn't let any female child in that state. Yeah, I and you're that's what I, my question is to you. Kyle is how do you feel as someone living in Florida like can you do you feel like you've you can continue to raise your your daughters there and that's a loaded well, question but I actually, just wonder Miami is is different from the rest of the state of Florida really you know like this Miami's is- kind of, like the, the Cubans kind of got Miami on lock you know yeah my daughters are so young now that it's like those those issues you know, DeSantis will probably be out of the office by the time, you know, they're affected by that, you know. You think uh, so? Now, right, I don't know, you know. Right now, I just have my head down. I don't even know if we'll be living in Florida by then. I just wish they would teach more history. Like, have you ever heard of the Wilmington insurrection? Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, that's something I wish they would teach. That's in what they, they're trying to keep out. Because that event started it all like taking away black cities taking away black wealth taking away black land and that's that sparked the whole domino it like knocked everything down like dominoes and then everyone talks about black wall street but black wall street was like the last domino to fall you get what i'm saying what happened throughout the south from 1898 to 2000 uh, to 1920 yeah. Uh, Wilmington insurrection. They, it was the um, fusionist party. The fusionist party. They. they it was a uh, multicultural cabinet. It was like you know Democrats, Republicans, and the, it was. They had a black newspaper, black fire department. Wilmington was a black city, and plus it was a port city, so they were rich. You know. Yeah. They had money, but the ex uh, Civil War vets got out their Gatlin guns one night. And went down and just sweep the town, chased the black people into the Cape Fear River, and they took they took the city, printed up a white they didn't print, but they got a white declaration of independence, and they said white supremacy forever. And the U.S. government, which was supposed to respond, did nothing. They just let them have it, and then that's when the other cities started to say we could take these black, you know, we could take them and nothing. There'll be no repercussions. And it was a guy named Hugh McCray. They still have streets and stuff named after Hugh McCray in Wilmington. Wow. They they actually did change the name of the park from the Hugh McCray Park to Longleaf Park, which I think is a 
is like a, a slick way of saying long leaf Hugh McCray. You get what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> long leaf park. Oh, that's long right. leaf Hugh McCray. <laughs> so, and, and people in Wilmington don't even know that happened. So it kind of makes black people look like we done nothing after slavery. Like we had no plan, no wealth, nothing. We just we just are yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, just dumb. Thank you, Kyle, because that's really important. And I yeah. hope you're right about Florida for the sake of your daughters and for sake of, you know, even Afro Latinas in in uh, yeah. Florida that he's really not considering. I think the most operative line about what he's doing is he thinks that African studies have no value. And I think that is the most insulting and racist thing that he's saying. And you got to call a spade a spade. He's a racist man yeah. saying exactly yeah. what racist people say that our history. Have I'm no telling you, he's like one of the proud boys getting into office. You know, it's like what they've been striving for, you know? Yeah. Cubans in Miami don't see themselves connected with the black community at all. I like, which surprised me when I moved down here because I'm from New York, you know, Puerto Ricans and blacks, you know, we all kind of in the same kind of pool. But in Miami, nah, it ain't like that at all. They have yeah, they, so. they as as close as they can get to what is conservative and white, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, we see it happening. Yep. And uh, but uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. What is it about menstrual cycles? Well, I did. I missed that part. They are uh, clocking. Um, the, you, you the reason why you missed it because it doesn't make any sense. They've said yeah. that they have to keep a log once girls start menstruating so that they mm -hmm. can, um, th there's no rhyme or reason to it. They just want to be aware of it. But I think the undertone of it is more about them having control on women's bodies again, and also probably be being aware of a uh, young girl's sexual activity. And also if, because that runs into had they had an abortion. It's sort of like it's as crazy as when and no trans girls. Uh, I see, yeah. You know so what I mean? Tracking people. Well, and TV is saying, I think it's to, sorry. I, I just want to put this because this is part of it too, and it's important. TB said, I think it's to be sure who trans girls are in sports as well. Mm -hmm. When Ti said that he went to all the gynecologists gynecological visits with his daughter to make sure that she was still a virgin. Everybody thought that there was complete insanity, right? Mm. And it is, but this is something that has been an undertone in controlling girls' bodies more than controlling boys' bodies, where people are constantly worrying about young girls, their sexual activity, when they're fertile, all of these things that people have been tracking, families even do it, um, this is stuff we see culturally happening in other places. It's coming to America and it's going to come here big time. And this is, I am totally against them doing this, getting involved in young girls and talking about their menstrual cycle, especially with a school that has nothing to do with them at all. Now, I know you have to go soon, Yamanika. So yes, I want to just sorry. say before you go, <clears throat> I want to bring up because, you know, and it's crazy that this is happening within Black History Month. But I think this is a, a positive spin on a story that was kind of sad. It was last year, scientists and state authorities encouraged people to kill the bugs and their eggs wherever they may find them. As a result, Wilson, young girl, nine-year-old Bobby Wilson, sprayed trees and plants with her solution during summer and into fourth grade, disarming the bugs so she could collect or stomp on them with the help of her mother. However... The neighbor that called a non-emergency police line told authorities that Wilson was spraying trees in her neighborhood and wearing a hood, according to the recording of the phone call. Now, Dr. Operant, an assistant professor at Yale, asked her Twitter followers to find Wilson after watching a video of Wilson's family talking about the experience in a borough council meeting. And she offered to give the family a campus tour so Wilson could see Yale's lab and meet other black female scientists a small group on campus that now call themselves Wilson's Yale Aunties. At, 
There it is. Um, I think that's just a positive story to sort of end on. I really appreciate both of you for being here today. Thank you you so much for taking the time out. Yeah, Monika, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes. Um, you can find me on all social media at Yamanika. That's Y-A-M-A-N-E-I-K-A. Um, and if you are in the D.C. area on February the 16th, I believe I'll be at the Kennedy Center um, performing. And with friends like us, we can stay healthy, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yes. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, Kyle. Thank you. Bye, Yami. See you. Bye. So, Kyle, tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Kyle Grooms. And uh, with friends like us, you don't need to eat meat. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Marina Franklin here. You just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. March 2nd through the 4th, I'm headlining the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington. You know how I love Vermont. So Mm. I can't wait to be there. And then in March, I'll be on tour in North Carolina, actually, with Sarah Silverman. So I'll be at the in Durham and God, check my website. They'll be up there. And with friends like us, you can have some great, fun, comic friends to brighten up your Monday and make it warm because it's so cold in New York. (laughs) Thank you so much. Check Check us us out. out.